Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Ruth. 1977 episode 8 the series finale creatively titled part 8 god damn this is a magnificent magnificent finale like it is so poetic and brilliant and tense and satisfying as all hell it's everything i love about roots Wrapped up into one glorious conclusion uh, that I cannot praise enough. It is such a goddamn good finale. Uh, so this finale begins. The ending begins uh, with <laughs> with the the beginning of the end begins with the end, <laughs> the end of the Civil War, uh, and everyone, all these white. People are just sitting around saying, oh, <laughs> oh, our rebellion's been crushed. Oh, our, our, our literal treason has been uh, rewarded with bad stuff. Oh, it got destroyed. Oh, now we have to treat people like people now. <laughs> Meanwhile, every single black person is celebrating because they know this means their freedom and oh my god that opening sequence is ecstasy like it is so wonderful to see all these assholes who built their livelihoods on treating people like animals just get exactly what they deserve uh, and all these human beings who never chose this life, never wanted to be a slave, pretty much all of them were born into it. All of them are just celebrating uh, and just otherworldly happy that they, they're in charge of their own lives now. They have the individuality that they as a people haven't had for like a, a century. More than. Like, it's so wonderful and so satisfying, but of course, doesn't end there. Uh, because guess what? Racism didn't end with slavery. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but uh, kind of went beyond that. Just a little bit. So, a lot of this episode is 
uh, the white folks of the town jumping through hoops to keep black people enslaved. Uh, They try a thing where they force Harvey to sell his farm, uh, to sell his plantation. They buy it up and they're like, okay, I mean, you can leave, but not until you settle your debts. You have a whole bunch of debts to pay, and you have to work those off. And while you're working those debts, uh, we won't pay you at all. Which, by the way, real thing that happened during Reconstruction Era. Uh, there was a lot of desperate attempts to sort of be like, we don't own slaves, we just have workers that we're keeping here and they work for no money and they just happen to be black. Not slaves! At all! Like, that was a real thing. And eventually, like, it had to be like a whole thing of just like, no! No! Like, higher government authorities had to step in and be like, no! You can't do that. So, basically, Tom and his family and their people are back where they started. Nothing has changed. It's just just under... It's literally slavery under a different name because these white people are incredibly, incredibly desperate to keep the quote-unquote status quo. And they're angry enough about their defeat that they take it upon, they take it out on who they perceive to be the easiest targets, the people they've been beating on for over a century. Which is just when you think, just when you think uh, there was no more left to be angry about, just when you thought like maybe you could feel good about the world, something else happens, and it's just. You're angry again. Roots giveth, roots taketh away, damn it. And in the midst of all of this, in the midst of uh, these attacks by these white, uh, this white mob, this white masked mob, which we'll talk about them more in a bit, uh, and in the midst of literally being told, uh, you're still slaves, you're just not slaves. Because that makes sense. Uh, A lot of these ideological differences come up in Tom's family and in uh, Tom's group. In this group of people who are supposed to be free, but because of just some desperate creative accounting, they're not yet. They're free on paper only at this point. Uh, And... One of them is like, hey, we should kill everyone. We should kill all the white folks. And Tom is like, no, no, we should not do that. That is a terrible idea. Uh, We need to take this to the authorities. Oh, it's white man's law. You can't trust that. It's not supposed to be white man's law. It's supposed to be everyone's law. Like, and, and we literally, we're literally getting this scenario of almost like a, Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X type scenario. One who wants to resolve 
racial differences with peace, one who wants to resolve racial differences with war. It's almost like that Martin Luther King, Malcolm X difference before either of those two people existed. Uh, and it's handled so brilliantly. Uh, some of these people take their anger out on old George, the one white guy in in yelling distance, basically. And we create this divide in this little makeshift family. Uh, old George is alienated and Tom's like, hey, uh, he's a cool dude. He's like the one white guy who's actually treated us like human beings and you're going to alienate him? Like, what the hell are you doing? And Tom tries to present proof to the sheriff that this is this, 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 and this white man that are attacking us and trying to force us to still be slaves under a different name. And for a while, it looks like the sheriff's actually going to turn these guys in. And then he thinks a little bit too much about his own reputation. (sighs) Wish I could say this was an isolated incident, but no. Uh, A lot of racial relations with law enforcement is okay. How is this going to affect my reputation as a lawman if I uh, lock up a white dude because a black man gave proof of a crime the white dude committed against him. So this dude literally goes to, like, the chief white guy, the chief white asshole, the guy leading these raids, and is like, hey, so I have proof, and I'm gonna give it to the federal authorities unless you, uh, unless something happens, wink, wink. Something needs to happen, or else I'll deliver this to the authorities, wink, wink. And this gives the dude all he needs to go back. uh, With him and all of his men donning white hoods, KKK style. Not exactly subtle, but hey, uh, it's damn effective. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give them that. And they go back to the plantation, string up Tom, and whip him mercilessly. Uh, And it's so, so horrifying to watch. Every bit as much as it was when we saw a young Kunta Quinte get subjected to this form of punishment. Uh, They do a great job of poetically, like, sort of linking back to those early days, showing just how little progress was made from Kunta to Tom. Uh, And it's this heartbreaking, heartbreaking moment. Uh, And just when you think it can't get any more difficult to watch, just when you think uh, they tugged on your heartstrings enough, old George runs out, And it's like, hey, no, 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 no. I'll do it. And whips him just enough times for this asshole to be satisfied and leave old George to it. Just enough 
to sell the idea that old George is running the place. And you can tell old George, oh, I feel so bad for this dude. Like, he's forced to do this because it's the only way to save Tom's life. And he knows it's the only way to save Tom's life. The only way to make sure Tom survives and isn't whipped to death is to provide the illusion that old George is dishing out the punishment himself. Uh, rather than just doing the bare minimum. It's the only way, and he knows that, but it still means old George has to whip Tom. It still means he has to hurt his friend horrifically. And you can tell he hates this. He's disgusted by it. He's sick at himself for performing the action, even if it is unnecessary evil to get these guys out of here and to have them satisfied. But it's so heartbreaking to watch one dude have to get whipped mercilessly even though he's supposed to be free and his friend having to do it and very clearly not wanting to. Like, oh, This is heartbreak on heartbreak on heartbreak. It's horrifying. It really, really is. Like, it's torture on so many levels. For both parties involved. But of course, this works. They leave. Tom survives. uh, And they're able to heal him up. And by the way, there's this great sequence. Where. uh, Old George's wife pulls Tom's kid aside. Because Tom doesn't want his kid to see him like this. Which. Damn understandable. No argument from me. And the kid's like, I'm going to kill those white men. And like, like just the beginnings of serious, serious anger brewing in this child over something he should never have had to see. And old George's wife is like, er, Martha, Martha's her name. Uh, Martha... Is like, hey, so, um, you don't know who they are, like, you don't, like, you, you don't know, like, how, how would you find them, uh, how would you, how would you know you're punishing the right white person? I'll figure it out, I'll do what I have to. Well, might as well start by killing me, because I'm white, old George is white, and yet, we love you like our own son. And I adore, I adore this line she says, hate them because of what they've done, not because of what they are. I, I, I'm probably butchering that line, but like, it's such an amazing sentiment. Like, and it's so important in, like, the the culture war of today. Like, people should revisit uh, these last couple episodes of Roots and look at the dynamic between Tom and old George. They should look back at this uh, in the era of us versus them, in the era of this intense culture war. Uh, because I said it yesterday, I'll say it again, uh, the whole friendship between Tom and old George, how uh, 
those two characters interact with each other, how they respect one another, uh, not because of their differences, but because of their similarities, uh, how they manage to see past each other's skin color and be better than these assholes who've been holding these human beings as slaves for a century. Like, how they manage to see past the outer differences and view each other as humans rather than black and white. Like, it's inspiring. It's incredible. And it's amazing how they portray that. Like, it's so bold and magnificent and pays off so beautifully. I, I don't know. I, ju I just had to put one underscore and say, like, there's hope for humanity, is all I'm saying. In the midst of, like, white people being objectively horrible and just being objectively monsters at this point of hi in history, and this little reminder in this finale that it didn't end with slavery and it still continues to this very day, and a lot of white people are hateful bigots that uh, find any re reason they can to confirm their hatred of black people and, uh, and uh, keep them down and impoverished and all that, the systematic racism that continues to this very day. Like, in the midst of all of that, like, there's still... I really don't want to not all men this shit, but... <laughs> like, there is room for common ground. Like, common ground coexistence is possible. Like, as many examples of racism, both personal and systematic, there are in the modern age, like, there are numerous examples of that being a thing. Like, I don't know. I just wanted to... It, it's It's a nice little message in this little coda of roots uh to put that in there and as long as we're talking about good things as long as we're talking about hope for humanity as long as we're talking about wonderful pure things in this world in this darkest moment who returns who comes back who comes back into the loving arms of his family after black people are free, allegedly, from slavery, Chicken George. Chicken George is back! And I love seeing him reunite with his family. My favorite, or one of my favorite characters, I should say, in this show. My favorite Kunta King Day Descendant is back. And immediately proves, once again, why we all love him. Uh, he comes up with this incredible, incredible plan uh, to use the perceived, the perceived weakness of these people. Use the perceived weakness of Tom and his family and uh, his fellow slaves against the people who perceive him that way. To use the perceived weakness against the this mob. And they put on a charade. They lull these assholes, these pre-KKK assholes, into a sense of false security. And then lure them back to the plantation. Where they ambush them. Where they 
beautifully, beautifully spring a trap that they walk right into. These white morons, <laughs> these absolute idiots walk right into this trap. <laughs> And for a single second, they think they have the upper hand. They're like, oh, you think I was so stupid as to as to come alone? You gotta be kidding me. And then a second ambush comes, led by Chicken George. And he's like, hey, uh, if, if the enemy figures out your plan, get yourself another plan. <laughs> Chicken George is amazing. He is the best person. He is a badass. And we get this incredible, incredible scene of deserved, deserved comeuppance. Uh, where this asshole, this absolute douchebag who's been leading this charge to keep these human beings, to keep these black people enslaved, and to keep them afraid, uh, to maintain their manufactured inferiority, gets strung up the same way he did to Tom. And Tom, for a second, considers whipping him the way he got whipped. But he doesn't. Puts the fear of God in him, but he doesn't whip him. Because he is a better person. He is the better man. He has proven that he is morally right. Whereas this dude and his ilk are morally wrong. And they just leave. Using mules, by the way, that in that false sense of security were given to him. Were, were given to old George by the mob given to them by this pre-KKK KKK. And old George literally says as much like, hey, asshole, thanks for these mules. We never would have gotten away without them. <laughs> what an idiot. What a moron. What a stupid, arrogant prick. And then we get our Wonderful ending. Chicken George guides his family and their friends to this land he was able to purchase in Tennessee. Their own patch of land that they can call home. Away from any... Any indication of slavery. Away from any notion of slavery. They can live in peace. They can live their own lives on their own terms. They are individuals. They have reclaimed their humanity. And they gather around. They tell the story of Kunta Kinte one more time. Their own little mantra. They take a knee. Uh, they set up their home. And they never faced any discrimination again. <laughs> They never, at any point, encountered racism, or white supremacy, or just general assholes uh, who tried to put them back in chains. They never experienced this at any point. 
It was all perfect. Yeah, no. <laughs> Fast forward to 2019. Turns out racism is still a thing. Turns out white supremacy is still a thing. So, yeah. There's that. <laughs> oh, I laugh to keep from crying. Oh, and then we get narration from Alex Haley, the writer of the original Roots book, uh, tracing his lineage from Tom back to himself. Because the whole premise of the original Roots, uh, the whole premise of the book is Alex Haley uh, dug up his ancestry and told their story of Kunta Quinte's capture. And forcibly being brought to America. Up to uh, Chicken George and Tom being free men. Now. It is at this point I must address the elephant in the room. Post-Roots, Alex Haley became kind of a controversial figure. For a couple reasons. Uh, He was accused of some... Gray areas, let's say, in writing his book. Uh, He was accused of plagiarism within Roots, which... Oof, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna touch that one. That's just gonna make me sad. Uh, But the one I really want to talk about, and the one I really want to discuss... uh, He was accused of embellishing and or fabricating certain elements of his family tree for that book. Uh, basically, he was accused of taking his actual history and adjusting it, uh, taking some creative licensing to sell more books. That's what uh, he was accused of. Now, here are my thoughts on this. I don't really think, as inflammatory and kind of iffy as those claims would make this book. Honestly, like, I don't... I don't think it matters all that much as some of Alex Haley's detractors over the decades would make it sound. Because here's the two options here. If everything featured in Roots, the book and the show, is 100% true and is 100% history and is completely true to Haley's actual family tree and true to Haley's family's lives, Haley's ancestors' lives, then holy shit, this is an incredible story. And Alex Haley is a great writer. But if this turned out to be an embellishment or a fabrication, uh, if this is not as truthful as Alex Haley would have loved to make you think it was back in the day, then holy shit, this is an incredible story. And Alex Haley is a great writer. (laughs) Like, whether it's nonfiction or fiction or somewhere in between, like, it's still an amazing story. And again, like, there's also that plagiarism aspect, which I really don't want to talk about. I really don't want to venture into that minefield. Uh, Just thinking about whether or not this story is true. 
whether or not this is 100% historically accurate uh, to Alex Haley's lineage. It doesn't matter. Because the history is real. The subject matter is real. The pain and the anguish and the heartbreak, all of that is real. Everything you you feel while watching this show is real. All the atrocities it puts on display is real. Everything this show seeks to remind you of, everything this show seeks to explore unflinchingly and without holding back in any way, all of that is real. And at the end of the day, in my mind, I really don't think anything else matters. I really don't think anything matters other than the subject matter is real. The emotions are real. The history is real. That's what's important here. Like, I don't care. No one loves Roots solely because it's 100% accurate. No one cares about Roots because it's specifically Alex Haley's lineage. They care about Roots, and people love Roots, and this was a phenomenon because of its bold, unflinching, heartbreaking look at the era of American slavery. That's why it captivated audiences back in the 70s. And that's why it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, That's why I'm still captivated by it today. This had to have been at least my third viewing of Roots in my lifetime. And I keep going back to it because I do feel the need to educate myself. I do feel the need to remind myself that this happened as a borderline translucent white man, I do feel the need to remind myself that this happened. Uh, So I do go back to it uh, every five years or so. Maybe a little less. I do go back to it occasionally because A, it is important to expose yourself to this subject matter, and B, it's just a damn good show. Like, it's really brilliantly made, really brilliantly written, really brilliantly acted, just brilliantly crafted in general television. I cannot praise this show enough. It is magnificent. It was one of the greatest achievements ever on the small screen. It's magnificent and powerful, and I genuinely believe every single person on the planet should watch this show at least once in their life. They should watch this show at least once in their life just to be exposed to this brilliantly told, heartbreaking, powerful tale. Uh, Because it is absolutely incredible. Uh, And I really do hope that even though I am white and don't have that cultural ancestral pain baked in my DNA, uh, I really do hope I was able to treat this with as much respect as possible. I really do hope I was able to tackle this as the deeply human atrocity that it was, uh, and I was able to comment on this story in a respectful way. I really do hope I was able to do that because 
man, especially in the early episodes when it was, like, really dark and really horrifying, like, I was walking on eggshells, man. I really didn't want to say the wrong thing. Not because I was worried about, like, backlash or anything, or like, oh, I don't want to piss off the SJWs. None of those selfish reasons that most people walk on eggshells when talking about race or whatever. But because, like, I genuinely, like, I genuinely don't want to offend anyone. Like, I genuinely strive to be as unoffensive as possible whenever I talk about anything like this uh, with any of these sensitive topics, whether it's race or gender or sexuality or anything like that. Like, I genuinely, I don't want to offend anyone. Like, I want everyone to feel like... I want to f- I, I want people to feel like I empathize. I want people to feel like I understand to the best of my ability. I want people to understand that I go into these conversations with nothing but good intentions. And I try and, and as part of that, like I spent you will never know how many hoops I jumped through uh, to choose my words very, very carefully, especially early on. Uh, you do not know how how much I I tried to make this as respectful of of a discussion as possible. And I hope I succeeded at that. I really, really do. Uh, because nothing would make me happier uh, than for someone of any race, any gender, any sexuality, any anything to listen to my voice and feel like they're in a bit of a safe space where I'm not judging anyone for anything they can't control. Like, I'm not uh, trying to condemn anyone like I'll like all I want to do is understand uh that's why roots I think is so important because it makes people understand because like I watched fun fact uh the first my first exposure to roots was in middle school when I was probably too young to be exposed to this I was uh, probably <laughs> probably not age-appropriate. Uh, I had a social studies teacher who was very lazy and had us watch movies a lot <laughs> uh, because he felt like they had some histor- historical significance. I remember one time he had us watch Pocahontas for... I will never understand what reason. <laughs> he was a weird dude. Uh, but one of the few things he did right in this aspect was he showed us the first two episodes of Roots. Uh, he showed us those early LeVar Burton, Kunta Quinte episodes of Roots just to just so we could get a bit, an idea of what slavery was because we were learning about that. And up until that point, I knew what slavery was. I knew it was bad, but like I had never gotten an idea of just how horrifying it was. Uh, just how tragic it was, just how atrocious it was. 
uh, watching those first two episodes of Roots was uh, my first exposure to the extent of the atrocity, to the extent of the heartbreak, to the extent of just how horrifying and horrifying and just just disgusting this practice was. Like, it got me to understand. And I guess what I'm trying to say, this is a very long, very rambly way of saying, like, that first lesson that I got from watching the first couple episodes of Roots back in middle school, it was never lost on me. It stuck, and it stayed with me right up until the present, and it will continue to stay with me until I die. I hope that came across. I really do. That's literally all I want. In addition to talking about a show that I genuinely adore for a litany of reasons. Both creatively and socially. In addition to that, like, just all I would ever want from talking about Roots the way I've been talking about Roots... Uh, is for people to understand, like, just how important it is and just how much I understand, like, this is very... This isn't just damn good television. Like, it's damn important television. And I will... Like, I, I will never stop praising Roots. I will never stop praising Roots. I will never stop hailing it as one of the greatest shows ever made. That will not stop. Now, we're not done with this yet. Because after 1977, a few decades later, I think it was like, what, 40 years? 40? Yeah, I think like 39, but you get the point. Years later, they made a remake. Uh, They did a four-episode remake. New cast. New way of telling the story, which I'm going to say right now I have problems with. I'm going to say right now I don't think is as good. Still important, but not as good. And we're going to spend like the next four episodes of this show just sort of comparing and contrasting the remake to the original, uh, what the remake does well, what it very much does not. Uh, And that'll be a very, very interesting discussion. Uh, Remakes on Hulu. If you want to watch it with me, uh, that's how I'm going to watch it because I do not own the Blu-ray, unfortunately. I should, but I don't. Uh, but, uh, I am very, very eager to dive into that. That should be an interesting discussion. It'll be very different from anything I've ever done on Television Archive because I've never gone back and done like a, here's the same story again. How does this hold up to the first telling? So that should be fun. Uh, anyway... I've rambled long enough. If you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so you can be here every single episode, every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the anchor app. I'll play this on the show from time to time. If you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. TomTom4468. And support the show. 
Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Roots 2016 Episode 1. Talk to you then.